enlighten me Bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Demons leave them torch, I run my kingdom, call me sire We never taking L's, only lessons No, we never counting fails, only blessings Never stressing I said enlighten me I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Gang, they hyping me, rightfully I am stable, I am able, I am wealthy Full of health, on the rise, I got the belt You got a problem? Check yourself, bitch Oh man, yesterday was a doozy I don't like, I, I think I'm allotted like one mental breakdown a month Don't you agree with that? Like one mental breakdown a month Oh, you think I can have more than one breakdown a month? See, she she's a woman. She gets it. We need our mental breakdowns. Okay, now I'm thinking about how many mental breakdowns are like normal to have per month. Like, how many would you say? Do you have like? There's the ten minute version where you just have yourself a nice little cry and you get your shit back together. There is. You know, the version that I had this week where I cried for an hour and a half in the Best Buy parking lot. There is like the two hour version, I think. Your life is over and you just like, <laughs> nature mom. <laughs> yes, there is the I'm not getting out of bed today version. If you have like a really bad ex-husband, I think you're like allotted a couple more mental breakdowns per month. <laughs> yeah, and maybe your version of a mental breakdown is... The don't get out of bed for two days. Oh, yeah, you have a kid that goes with it. So then you, I'm sure you have like a lot of little mental breakdowns where they last like five or six minutes and then you collect yourself in the pantry or the, the walk-in closet and then you go back out and you're like, mommy's fine. Then there's like the psycho mental breakdown version where you're just like throwing shit. Maybe you like take a kitchen chair and like chunk it against the wall and then everyone's like, ah, maybe you should see someone for that anger problem. So yeah, I don't know what level of mental breakdown you're at. I feel like my like parking lot Best Buy mental breakdown is probably like at a level six out of 10. Like it wasn't violent. It was just like pathetic and sad. We've all been there, right? Am I right? I'm not heavy duty. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I'm here. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Enlighten Me, Bitch. I'm Ren Woods. Thank you guys all for tuning in, listening, downloading, all the comments, the reviews. I appreciate everything. The Instagram DMs, the messages, all of it. I got a new setup. Got this beautiful background behind me. I am recording in a new studio now. So apologies on the late upload this week. Had a little bit of some technical difficulties. I'm fine. Ren's fine. Everything's fine. I hate this saying, good things are coming. I just don't understand why we're saying good things are coming. I see this posted everywhere. How about good things are here? They're here. My life is good. My life is great. Change your mindset to this because if you say that good things are coming, so it's like you're kind of wishing for something that you don't already have. If you say good things are here, you can fully experience the joy and everything. I got a bone to pick with people who repost the reposts on Instagram. The fuck are you doing? I, I can't stand to see this. You post a picture on Instagram. You tag somebody. The person you tagged reposted on their story. Then you have the fucking audacity to repost their repost. What is the purpose of that? What are, You just want to let everybody know that the person who reposted you liked you enough to repost. I, 
I literally don't, I don't want to see your same picture twice because you got to repost the repost. It's like, what? It makes no sense logically. Stop. Stop doing it. Also, people who take screenshots of missed FaceTime calls, what the fuck are you doing? What is the purpose of that? You're just flexing on everybody that you're friends with this person. I see it all the time. It's literally asinine. Really, do you know what you look like is a loser because the person didn't answer your call. What would be cooler is if you screenshot the actual FaceTime or, you know, better yet, why don't you take a picture together in person and post that instead? Makes a whole hell of a lot more sense than posting a missed FaceTime call. You look freaking stupid. Stop it. I want to talk a little bit about making yourself the priority. And you hear people say this all the time. Like if you want to live a fulfilling life, you have to put yourself first constantly. I feel sorry for mothers and I'm not a mother yet. So, you know, if you want to say fuck off, you have no right to talk about this, but I'm actually like standing up for mothers. This notion that mothers have to like sacrifice their whole life for their kids is absolutely asinine. I think as a mother, you should put yourself first, make yourself the priority when it comes to dealing with your kids. You know, if you're in a relationship, your husband, your boyfriend, your wife, your girlfriend, you know, whoever, because if you don't, then you're not going to have enough energy left to exert to the other person. I put myself first enough so that I have enough energy left over to give to you. Because relationships with anyone, be it romantic, friendship, family, they suck energy from you. And you want to make sure that you have enough energy left over to give to these people that you love in your life. And if you don't put yourself first constantly, you ain't going to have the energy, honey. I do believe that what we give out is what we get back. So the energy that we're giving out to people is the energy that we're going to get back. And I think that we should get rid of the word should and replace it with could. So instead of saying, I should go to the gym, I should eat better, I should spend more time with my family, I could spend more time with my family. I could be eating better. I could be going to the gym more. I could be getting outside more. I could be reading more books, whatever the thing is. Stop saying should because that's you looking back and having regrets. And then that's just putting yourself down. And then you're going to feel bad about yourself if you speak to yourself that way. So I think that's super important. What does putting yourself first look like? I think it looks different for everybody. Depends on what you got going on in your life. But I think that, I mean, I know for me, putting myself first means I have a career that I am trying to attain and achieve. So putting myself first in that sense is like, you know, if somebody invites me out to a fun party and I want to go be social with my friends, but I know that I really should be at home making a pitch deck, working on my scripts, then I choose to stay home because that's me making myself a priority. If I wasn't making myself a priority, then I would go and exert 
my energy into my friends because, you know, I do have friends call me a lot and they're like, oh, come on. Like, we really miss you. We want to see you. Like, we really need you to come out and like have a good time with us. And that's me doing something for other people because they want me to be there. It's, you know, a lot of times I get talked into going out and being social and I feel bad about it later because I know that I should have been at home focusing on work. So for me, that's, that's how I put myself first is I say no to spending time with friends, my boyfriend, my family, because I just got to focus on my work. But then the other side of that is you don't want to get like too burnt out. So it's like, yeah, then there is a version of going out and being social, which is also considered putting yourself first. I cannot go out on a Tuesday night, have a bunch of drinks and be totally productive the next day. Just can't do it. It's not me. So that's how I, I put myself first, even though it feels great and it feels amazing to have those four tequilas on a random weeknight, school night, whatever. Feels great in the moment, but then the next day, yeah, it don't feel so great when I'm shoveling four croissants down my throat and taking eight Tylenol, pounding four Gatorades, beating my head against the shower, sitting on my bathroom floor in the beetle position, crying for my mom, whatever. It's not worth it to me. Uh, but as a mom, like I will say, moms are warriors. And I think that all moms are amazing. And it's very unselfish what moms do. They sacrifice a lot for their children. But I don't want you guys to sacrifice too much because then you end up having so much resentment because in your head, you're like, you know, I'm doing all of this for all of you guys. And you're not appreciating because you start to feel underappreciated if you don't put yourself first. So you got to put yourself first enough so that you don't feel like you're taken advantage of and you don't feel underappreciated. I mean, I saw it with my mom, you know, whenever my brother who was addicted to drugs for so many years she did everything she could and exerted herself in so many ways that really tired her out and wore her down because she felt like she had to sacrifice and do everything for her children. And then she didn't really have a social life for a while. She didn't see her friends or do any of that because she was exerting so much of her energy towards her children. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think she could have done things like you can go get a massage. You can go get a pedicure, manicure, whatever. Take me time. Take that two hours every Saturday morning and read a book. Do what you have to do to put yourself first. And again, that looks different for everybody. Now, there's also a difference in putting yourself first and being a selfish asshole if you say that you are going to do something for somebody, like somebody has a soccer game you have to attend, you got to go to your friend's play, you have a dinner plans, don't make the other person suffer. They've just driven across town and now they got to go all the way back across town because you were a selfish asshole and decided that you didn't want to cancel till the last minute. You know, be considerate in your canceling of the plans because I, I get it, shit happens sometimes. You got to cancel, take the me time. You're overexerting yourself, but don't do it at the last minute. That's being a selfish asshole. That's not making yourself the priority and putting yourself first. That's just downright being inconsiderate. So there is a difference. And I think that it's situational. And yeah, again, 
what we give out is what we get back. So if you're going to be this selfish asshole who cancels plans all the time, then eventually that, that shit's that energy, you know, people might not cancel plans on you, but that type of like energy where people are not being considerate of you, it's going to come back to you tenfold. So just think about that before you do shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Another thing I wanted to say about putting yourself as a priority is if you do have somebody that's continually canceling plans on you, don't shift your plans around to make sure that you're fitting into their schedule. If there are things that you have to get done, do all of those things before you exert your energy to other people. I also want to say you assign meaning to other people's words and actions, and you have the power to decide whatever it is that you want it to mean. So let's say your spouse, and when I say spouse, I'm just, I'm referring to husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, long-term partners, when I say spouse. If your spouse is being angry, moody, distant, whatever, and it's kind of making you feel neglected, unloved, like a little weird, you're not really sure what's going on, that's you assigning a meaning to those words and actions. Reality is the story that we tell ourselves. So if somebody's acting weird, distant, moody, they're not talking to you a whole lot, they're not communicating with you a whole lot, you can decide, okay, well, they're probably just working, they're busy, they have a lot going on, they're super stressed, they don't want to take it out on me, so that's why they're being distant and moody. Or you can tell yourself all these like false stories where you're like, oh my God, like they don't love me anymore. They don't want to be with me anymore because they're being distant and weird. And then you end up like suffocating them because you like exert your energy onto this person because you're trying to get them to like communicate with you more. But if you would just chill the fuck out in your mind and realize that it doesn't mean anything that this person is being distant. It's just, they just need some space that day. And that also is a little bit of not taking things so personally. It's not always about you when someone is acting weird, angry, moody, distant. People have bad days and you don't know what's going on in their head. And just because they're not sharing with you what's going on with them does not mean that they don't love you anymore. It just means that they don't want to fucking talk about it. I had a friend call me this week and she was very upset because she feels super neglected by her boyfriend. He's not spending quality time with her really. He's always on their phone when they're hanging out together. So she blew up at him. She's like, I really need more from you. And then his response back to that was, well, I cut the grass three times a week for you. I constantly make sure that the trash is taken out. You know, I take care of the dogs. I do this. And she's like, I don't give a shit about the grass. Like, I want you to spend time with me. That's part of being in a relationship is spending this quality time where, and it's not just spending time together, sitting on the couch. It's making plans, being thoughtful about things. You know, that's what a lot of times all women want is for you to just like think out a plan and be purposeful and intentional with what you're doing. 
Because a hangout is just a hangout. If it just happened, it's kind of whatever. It doesn't really mean that much. But if you're intentional with it and you made a plan, like that can really go a long way for a lot of people. But again, people have different love languages. So obviously her boyfriend's love language is acts of service. In his mind, he thinks that he is doing something to make her feel loved. He also said that he wished that she cooked dinner for him more. And she's like, well, I didn't realize that was something that you wanted me to do more because he never vocalized that. So his love language is for sure acts of service. That's not her love language. Her love language is quality time. So her being around him all the time and her making plans to go to like the newest restaurant in town, which she does often, that's her love language. But that doesn't really strike his fancy, I guess. Like that's not the thing that like makes him super excited. He wants her to do things for him. So do you see where the disconnect is? And that's how they're not getting their needs met is because they're not vocalizing what their needs are. And they're fighting all the time when they really shouldn't have to do that. But here's the thing. You cannot change another person without changing yourself first. You want somebody to change. You got to figure out what part of yourself is identifying with the thing that's pissing you off. Somebody's not respecting you. They're not showing you the attention that you feel like you deserve. Well, are you allowing it? What is it about you that is creating this behavior to occur? Because the way that you view people is how they show up in your reality. So if you're constantly thinking about your partner as being this asshole who never spends time with you, who's always on their phone, when they're in front of you, they're disrespectful, they don't do shit except cut the grass, then yeah, they're going to continue to show up that way. So you have to really change your mindset and think about this person in a more positive light. Because if you just dwell on the fucking negative, then things are going to continue to be negative. And then that person's going to resent you. And here's how to get your needs met. Take the focus off of what they are not doing. Instead of saying, hey, like you're not spending enough time with me. Hey, you're on your phone too much. Hey, I really don't like when you speak to me like that. Instead, why don't you appreciate the positive qualities that they have? Appreciate all the good stuff that they do. Thank you so much for cutting the grass. That was amazing. Hey, you know what? I really love it when you spend time with me and when you make a plan for us to go to the hottest restaurant in town. That makes me really happy. Hey, I really love when you communicate with me clearly and concisely and tell me what your needs are. See how like it makes a difference when you're positive like that, it triggers people to want to make a change more so than if you sit there and point out all the shit that they're doing wrong, because who the fuck wants to hear everything that they're doing wrong? And this is like when people freak out and they're like, oh, I just can't do anything right. I'll say this too. You know, you're up shit creek. If your partner's negative behavior has that much of an effect on you to where you just can't get through the day because all you're thinking about is how much shit they don't do for you. I'll also say this. Your happiness is your own responsibility. It's not your partner's responsibility to make you happy. It's your responsibility to make you happy. And you decide. You know, let that affect you, what they did or said. You know, say they said some mean shit to you. Okay, 
you can assign a different meaning to what they said and have it not affect you as much. And that's how you remain unbothered. And if you're even killed like that, you'll start to see a change in the other person because you're not being provoked. You're not reacting to the bullshit. I promise you. These little subtle things. And it takes a little bit of time once you start thinking about it in this way. But once you like get the hang of it, I promise you things will get much more positive. I have some friends who are like dating nine different dudes at once. Look, if you want to sit on nine different dicks at once, that's your prerogative. Be my fucking guest. But if you want a long-lasting, healthy relationship like said friend claims they want, then don't be sitting on anybody's dicks except for the one person's you want. And it goes the same for men. Don't be sticking it in negative Nancy's here, here, and there. Don't be letting red flag Rob stick it in you. Because, yo... Sex is an exchange of energies and all the negative bullshit that these people got going on, you're going to absorb that. Again, no judgment. If you just want to flail around, get your rocks off, do whatever, go for it. Live it up. Have your hoe face. Do it. Everybody goes through it. But when it comes time for you to settle down and you really are serious about wanting to find a long-term partner, you can't keep your options open. And here, I'm going to tell you why. This saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's a crack of shit. I hate this fucking saying. Because when people hear this saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket, they think, keep your options open, which means sitting on nine different dicks. No, that's not how you have a long-term partner. Don't be too available means be working on your career at night. Have a hobby. Maybe you take up karate, I don't know, start painting, take a cooking class, make sushi. I don't give a shit what you do. Do anything. Again, the energy you put out is the energy that you get back. And so you've got like some eggs in this basket, some eggs in a second basket, some of your eggs in a third basket, and then a fourth basket. If you're picking up four baskets, like you can't carry that like a normal proper way. Like the eggs are going to spill out. They're going to crack on the ground. They're not going to be taken care of properly. And even if you carry, like, say you just have eggs in two baskets, you're carrying two baskets. Well, you don't have a free hand for yourself. So instead of don't put all your eggs in one basket, how about put all your eggs in your own fucking basket? How about that? Look, Don't play games with people, but also don't be too available. You should be putting all your eggs in your own basket. Focus all that energy in your own basket. Focus on your career. Do what's best for you. Make sure your mental health is where it needs to be. Make sure that you are the partner that you want in another person. Because if you have all these high standards and you want this and you want that, and you're not becoming that yourself, then why should you get what you want? Be that person for yourself. I just think it is absolutely ridiculous. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. No, don't put all your eggs in anybody's basket. Put your eggs in your own basket. Now, trying to not be too available, that's also playing a game. It has to be authentic because people can sense when you're just bullshitting around. Don't make up plans and say that you can't hang out with somebody or do something 
because you feel like you have to play hard to get. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard of. You have to authentically be so confident with yourself that you know you're important. You are the prize. So why would you not have all this great shit going on in your life? Sorry, can't hang out because yeah, I have to prepare for my presentation at work tomorrow. Sorry, can't do Thursday. Uh, That is my day where I focus on my painting. Catch you on Friday, whatever. But don't be so like focused on like trying to play hard to get because you can't be too available. That is not what that means. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. My God. That's the worst piece of fucking advice I ever heard. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. No, bitch. Put them all in your basket. That's right, though. Don't put all the eggs in one basket. Don't put them in his basket, his basket, her basket, her basket. Take all of the eggs, put them in your basket. And then when you do find that one special person, you know, give them a couple of your eggs every now and then. Take them back for yourself in times where your mental health is a little suffering. But for the most part, you know, keep all your fucking eggs in your own damn basket. You don't need to be giving out your eggs to anybody. Temporarily, you can lend your eggs. But don't ever like fully give your eggs in any basket. Why would you do that? And back to the like, if you're dating nine dudes at once, you're putting all your eggs in all these like multiple different baskets. And I used to be like this. I used to think that you had to keep your options open. So if I was dating someone, I would also like keep the DMs open, be texting, you know, here, here and there. And, you know, once I'm in a committed relationship, I'm in a committed relationship. And I'm very serious about that. But when you first start dating somebody, and I think the reason why all those like flings and past relationships didn't work out is because I did keep my options open. And if you really are serious about being with one person, you know, like my friend said to me, like she had gone on this date with this guy who she'd been on like four different dates with him. And she's like, I really like him. But then I, I met this other guy on a dating app and like, we've been chatting. And then she's like, then I have like this third guy who like only texts me through Snapchat. And I'm not, and I'm, first of all, someone is only texting you through Snapchat. Is he 22? Like what people do this still? And that's like, so the messages disappear. I'm like, yo, like that is such a red flag. If a man is only texting you on Snapchat, like, does he have a secret family in Idaho and some kids you don't know about? What's he trying to hide? So she's got her energy exerted in all these different places. Now the guy she's been on four dates with really likes her, but she doesn't know about him. And I think she's just kind of coming up with reasons why it's not right because he sounds great the way she talks about him sounds like she really likes him but it's like she doesn't want to get fucked over by him so that's why she's keeping her options open but that's a game that's her playing a game she's trying not to be too available and that's wrong I'm telling you I've been there it doesn't work like that when my boyfriend and I first started dating I knew it was going to be a long-term situation I cut communication with everyone else immediately. Now he don't have to know that. I don't honestly don't even know if I've ever told him that, but 
you can't stay on the dating apps. You can't, if you know that this person is going to be in your life for a long time, just cut it. Cause like, what do you need to be texting five different dudes for like for the validation and attention? No, you should be giving yourself that validation and attention that you need. You don't need that external validation from anybody else, but yourself. So if you're fulfilled within yourself, you won't need all these conversations. And if the energy that you're putting out into the universe is that you're not taking any of these relationships seriously, you're just kind of half-assing each like connection, then in turn, they're not going to take you seriously because that's not the energy you're giving. I respect myself and I respect my relationship enough to not entertain outside conversations. And of course, like when you're in a new relationship, you're going to have people reaching out to you that want to know if you're still single and I'm not saying you have to ignore all of them, like, because that happened in the beginning of my relationship, like for about like the first six months until people like really knew that I was in a serious relationship. I had all these guys that I had previously entertained. They would reach out to me and I would just like kindly let them know. You don't have to like be like, hey, like, sorry, like got to cut communication, but just kind of be like, hey, I'm in a relationship now. Like it is what it is. Because if you entertain these conversations with these other people it's only just gonna fucking backfire and I just believe like I am a one man woman and if you want your person to be a one woman man or you know vice versa if you want them to be serious about you then I think you have to be serious about them now was I constantly available in the beginning of my relationship no because I had so much career stuff that I was focused on that I naturally was not available 24-7, which is part of the appeal. And same with my boyfriend. He had his own life, which was extremely attractive to me. You can focus on the person without focusing on the person, if that makes sense. You cannot have all your eggs in one basket while taking a connection seriously, if that makes sense. I hope I'm explaining this properly. Say you're like not official with somebody, but you are still entertaining little conversations, little flirtations here and there. It's going to take longer. You're just prolonging the process for this person to commit to you. You are entertaining all these other people just because you feel like you need to have these little connections in case the one person you do want to be with fucks you over. That's the wrong thought process. It's not how that works. Do I think that you should go to bed angry? Listen, if you're in a fight with somebody and you're about to cut their freaking throat off, yeah, go to bed angry. Because chances are is you're going to wake up the next morning and you're going to feel completely completely relieved, totally different once you've had a chance to sleep on it. So no, I don't agree with this saying that if you love someone, you should never go to bed angry. No, go to bed pissed off as fuck. Go to bed needing anger management classes. Because if you don't, then you really are going to do something that you shouldn't. I'm a person, I need a couple days to cool off sometimes. Don't want to talk about it immediately because, you know, maybe there will be some shit said that shouldn't have been said. If you're a person that you know that you're going to say some mean ass shit to somebody, calm your little ass down. Take a little cat nap, circle back. You don't have to talk about everything right then and there because that's how resentment builds. (laughs) 
my boyfriend made a rule with me. I'm not allowed to talk about my career after 8 p.m. because late at night, just before bed, is when I get emotional and start thinking about life and all the things that I didn't do that day. So it's actually a good rule. He was looking out for me. I'm not allowed to talk about it after 8 p.m. I got a funny situation I got to talk about. So <laughs> my friend called me this week and she was so pissed off because her boyfriend spent $600 at a strip club on a bachelor party. And she's like, I had to like contain my laughter for a second because, <laughs> well, first of all, she asked me like, what do I think about this? Should she be pissed off? Should she confront him about it? I had to be like $600 at a strip club in North Carolina. What are you buying for $600 at a strip club in North Carolina? It's like, even if he paid the bill for everybody else, <laughs> I just don't know. It's like, I mean, he's not buying steaks because of filet mignon from the crazy horse. He's like, what's he choose? Drinks are like $5 in North Carolina. Like, did you buy part of the strip club? Did, did your $600 include the stripper coming home with you? Like, what? I told her, I was like, bitch, you better check the closet. Check his car. She's out in the car. <laughs> I don't understand what costs $600 at a strip club, especially North Carolina. I mean, in LA, that's like half a bottle. You know, bottle service is expensive in LA. But in North Carolina, the drinks are literally $5. <laughs> I, don't I just don't understand what costs $600 at a strip club in North Carolina? I, you know, honestly, he could have been somewhere else. He could have been like New Orleans or something, but still it's cheap as shit there. I, I just don't know. So anyway, she was really, really pissed off. Even then, like a lap dance is like $50. Like, did you go in the back room? Did, did you purchase an illegal gun? Was there something else being sold there? I don't know. He definitely like paid some girl's rent. You know, when I lived in South Carolina in college, my rent was like 500 bucks a month, which is crazy to think, especially compared to what I pay now. But you know, and granted I live with like four other girls. The only difference between us and the strippers is that they're getting paid to strip. We were stripping for free. So. <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, she asked me what my thoughts were on the situation. Here's what I think. Okay. Your boyfriend goes to the strip club on a bachelor party. Here's the thing. You can't really be mad about him going to the strip club because it's like, what's he going to do? Oh, sorry, guys. I got to go back to the hotel. I can't come with you guys because my girlfriend was mad at me and she said I can't come. No, that's a pussy ass bitch. And you don't want to date a pussy ass bitch. So obviously he's going to go. But I think there's something to be said about like the confident, quiet, mysterious one who kind of sits in the background, you know, he goes, he participates, he's having drinks with his friends, he's laughing, he's, you know, great, but he doesn't really like take part in it. He's not really like getting a lap dances. He's just kind of like a bystander. That to me is more attractive than the dude who's in the center, who's in the middle, getting lap dances from all these girls when he's about to get married. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Like to me, that guy is not husband material and I personally wouldn't want to deal with that. 
But also at the same time, it's like, it's one night, you know, it's like, he's not taking the stripper home. It's just dancing. I mean, at least I hope. If something else is going on there, then yeah, you better make his ass sign a prenup, bitch. But <laughs> if it's just dancing, it's like, whatever. They're going to do what they're going to do. Let the boys have fun. If you're intimidated by a couple strippers, if that's like threatening to your relationship, then I think there's a much bigger issue at hand because I don't think that that would affect me because I know that if my boyfriend went to a strip club and there were strippers all over him, like that would send him running back to me so fucking fast. And I'm so confident with that. that that's why I just don't really give a shit. But if I knew he spent $600, like, I don't know. It just depends on what they bought. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I didn't get to the bottom of the story. I don't know what he bought. I also, I asked her, like, how do you know he spends $600 at a strip club? And she said she was checking Amazon for a delivery and saw it in his email. Also, what strip club is emailing you your receipt? <laughs> I feel like if out of all the places to email you receipt, like, let's not have a record of any of this. Like, it's definitely got to be strip clubs. But like my grandmother always says, if you're not sucking it, he's going to find somebody else who will. So, so my friend who is a lot older than me texts me this week, super randomly. And she's like, enjoy your prime. It's when you're 31 to 34. It's like the hottest time of your life. Enjoy it. Have a blast. Capitalize on this prime time to shine. And I'm like, okay, first of all, she's like 36. I think first of all, what a random thing to text me. Like just out of the blue. I'm 31. I guess I just became in my prime. Didn't even know that I was in my prime. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm feeling pretty fucking fabulous, but I don't know. I just believe that you can be fabulous at any age. And I think that life keeps on getting better and better. And that's what I told her. I was like, why are you like reminiscing on like a before time in your life? And she's like, well, these photos popped up on my phone. I saw when I was like 31, 32, and I had amazing skin and my body was hot, la, 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 la. And by the way, let me just go ahead and say that she physically looks the exact same at 36 that she did at 32. Gonna go ahead and say that. I think that if you spend so much time like looking back on wishing that you were in this prime period of your life, like get rid of this peaking bullshit. You didn't peak in high school. You didn't peak in your 20s. You didn't peak in your 30s. You didn't peak in your 40s. Life gets better and better as we get older. We get wiser. We know who we are. We come into our own. That is amazing. And I'm having so much fun doing it. And I know that life is going to continually get better and better for me. So why would I sit here and look back on when I was 21? You know, when I was 21, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> like If I were to look at myself like 10 years ago, yeah, I maybe one could argue that I was hotter, but I see, I disagree. I feel so much hotter now at 31 than I did at 21. And I think it's because of my attitude, my just overall like disposition more so than if you were to compare like a physical picture of me at 31 and 21, I really like the way I look better at 31 than 21. And I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just a fucking idiot at 21. At 21, I had just found out 
that Caesar salad was invented in Mexico because I thought it was an Italian thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I knew who the president of the United States was when I was 21. Like, I certainly wasn't keeping up with fucking current events back then. I was, you know, funneling beer down my throat and getting railed by fraternity guys. <laughs> Sorry, dad. I just don't know. Like, at 21, I didn't know shit. Like, I will never, you will never catch me looking back. I look back at shit I said a year ago and I'm like, shit, what a fucking idiot. So yeah, I, I just, you will never catch me doing that. And you can be hot at 40, 50, 60. I mean, like maybe 70s, like pushing it a little bit. But if you're eating cinnamon rolls for breakfast every day, yeah, no, maybe your hotness is going to go away. But like that stuff starts to like deteriorate your mental health. You know, if you start to feel like you look bad, then like mentally you start to like derail. So I just think like do whatever you know you got to do to like look and feel your best and don't base it on like the way that anybody else looks base it on what like if you look into a mirror naked and you think like damn I look good I think you're doing fabulous I I think that's like an internal feeling like if I look into a mirror naked and I'm like damn I look good it's not because I just like went in a magazine or I have fuck what am I talking about a magazine nobody reads magazines anymore it's not because I saw a picture online of like a Victoria's Secret model. And I'm like, damn, I have to look like that. And that's the only way I'm going to feel fabulous naked. No, it's like more about like loving yourself, I think is really like what it is. And if you like start to like hate on yourself as you get older, then yeah, you're going to obviously think that you're not as hot as you once were. But I just like, I don't buy into that shit. I'm only getting hotter, baby. You, you can hop on the hot train too. So I want to touch on Kim Kardashian really quick wearing the Marilyn Monroe dress to the Met Gala. First of all, leave this bitch alone. She is fabulous. She looks amazing. She wanted to honor a piece of history. The dress is kept in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Florida. She wore it. It didn't fit her. So she said in an interview that she lost 16 pounds to be able to fit in the dress. Then she didn't even wear it the full time on the carpet. She had so much respect for the dress that she ended up changing into a replica so that she didn't rip it or damage it or anything. Then this actress, Lily Reinhardt, goes off on her Instagram stories about how it's really negative that Kim did this and she should have never said this out loud knowing how many young girls follow her. Here's the thing. Leave Kim alone. I understand where this girl, Lily Reinhardt, is coming from in that it's perpetuating diet culture and toxicity, but... This is the same thing as like a boxer cutting weight, you know, a football player, a basketball player, like these athletes put themselves through hell. They go through so much pain and just really intense shit for their bodies so that they can perform at the highest level. And arguably, like that's the same thing as somebody losing 16 pounds in a couple of weeks to fit into a dress. You know, she set a goal for herself. She achieved the goal and it felt really great. Uh, You know, I I just don't see the harm in setting a goal for yourself and doing it. She's not malnourished. She said in the interview that she was still eating. She just didn't eat carbs and sugar. Who gives a shit? Sometimes that makes people feel good. Like if when I don't eat carbs and sugar, I feel amazing. It's hard for the first couple of days, but then I have all this high energy and I can 
go all day because I didn't have carbs and sugar. Carbs and sugar lug me down. So, I, you know, I just don't know. Like, boxers cut weight to be a certain weight. I just don't know if we should be like judging her for this. You know, everybody's got something the same on everything. I think the bigger question and the bigger discussion that we should be having is that if you see somebody doing something really intense for themselves, like that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Like I've tried every diet under the sun and I can honestly say like the majority of them didn't work for me, but I, then I found like the one that did work for me. Now, is it one that's going to work for you? Probably not. Cause you have a different body type. You've got a different blood type. Like there's so many different factors in all of these things. So that's the bigger discussion that we should be telling people is, Hey, why don't you stop letting one person's opinion affect you so much? Why don't you do some inner soul searching and figure out what it is that you want to do yourself? I don't know. And I guess the argument also is like for young girls because they're much more impressionable. But again, that's the discussion we should be having and what we should be teaching young girls. You see all these people doing crazy stuff because it's like... (laughs) It's not even like with diet culture. Like you see people out all night partying all the time too. So we teach people, hey, like you see people doing drugs partying, like don't be that person. You know, because we teach them that and it's like, hey, if you like alcohol, that's great. Live it up, but don't like overindulge. Why don't we do the same thing with diet culture? Hey, this person's going through a really intense diet. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. But if you do, great, whatever, whatever works for you. But don't put so much mental pressure on yourself where you feel like you got to be like someone else. That's the problem is people feeling like they need to be like somebody else. You don't need to be like anybody but yourself. And that's all I'm trying to say. So the last thing I'm going to say is uh, you are the worst type of human being if you decide to not be friends with someone based on their beliefs. If you're Muslim, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're Catholic, if you're Buddhist, Hindu, whatever. I don't give a shit. I love you all the same. If you're Republican, if you're Democrat, if you're in between, don't care either. I still love you the same. I see so much shit on social media where people are being so angry and volatile and saying, I'm not going to be friends with this person if they vote for a certain presidential candidate. Who gives a fuck? You fight for your rights, you stand up for what you believe in, but at the end of the day, you can't control what other people do. And for you to say that you're not going to be friends with somebody or you're going to cut somebody out of your life because they have a different belief than you, you know, people like that, I think you can benefit the most from being friends with somebody who has different beliefs than you because they can give a different perspective. And that's probably what you need because you're so fixated on your own perspective. So I feel like I'd be remiss about um, if I didn't mention something about Roe v. Wade. Look, you can disagree with abortion. You cannot agree with it. Totally your prerogative. But we don't have the right to tell other people what they should do with their bodies. And I think if somebody wants to get an abortion, I think they should be able to. Because think about like the 14-year-old who got raped she doesn't want to have that baby because every time she's going to look at it, she's going to think about a rape situation. That, that might be too painful for somebody. Some people could handle that, but some people couldn't. 
Maybe that's a journey meant for one person, but not for another. What about the 15-year-old who couldn't take care of a baby because she was living on the streets? There's so many different circumstances, and we're not in these people's shoes, so we have no right to judge. And I just think it is asinine to totally do away with Roe v. Wade when it's needed. It's just not right to be able to tell people what they should do with their bodies. And also, too, it's like the same people who were saying that, like, my body, my choice, they didn't want to have a shot in their arm for the COVID vaccine. Don't you understand that you, by you saying my body, my choice, that means you also support abortion. And I think people are being a little bit hypocritical because they don't even realize that that's literally the same beliefs. So all I'm saying is just think about that before you like overexert your opinions on trying to like declare that you think you know what's best for everybody else because you don't, you only know what's best for you. And I always say that anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you like the new setup and the beautiful blue studio here. And that's it. Enlighten me. I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Demons leave them torch, I run my kingdom, call me sire We never taking L's, only lessons No, we never counting fails, only blessings Never stressing I said enlighten me Bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Gang, they hyping me, rightfully I am stable, I am able, I am wealthy Full of health, on a rise I got the belt, you got a problem? Check yourself, bitch yourself.